The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Dylan Mangan of the Southern Star and I'm joined by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy who is back from his holidays this week. Kieran was delighted to be back on Monday morning and I'm sure podcast listeners would be just as happy, if not more, to hear your voice again this week. Before we get into things though, I'd just like to give our listeners a gentle reminder to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Now, our main guest on the show later on is Skibbereen woman and Munster star Abby Salter Townsend, who has enjoyed a whirlwind few weeks with Munster. The scrum half made her first competitive Munster senior appearance in the province's 41-14 bonus point victory away to Ulster in their interprovincial championship opener. And last weekend, she featured again against Connacht as they as Munster hammered them 46 points to seven. So Matthew Hurdy caught up with Abby ahead of this week's end game against Leinster. So stay tuned for that chat later on. Before we get there, though, we're going to talk about the weekend's big football news and stories. And Kieran, last week and all, all kind of week last week, we were bigging up the big West Cork derby of the weekend. And it ended up being probably not what people wanted or or expected as Carby Rangers and Clonakilty shared the spoils. It was 12 points apiece, but it was a bit of a, a dire encounter between the two. It wasn't 12 points apiece, Dylan. It was actually 12 points between the two of them, which sorry, sorry, six points apiece. It just highlights the kind of, this is an arm wrestle, an absolute arm wrestle between these two neighbouring clubs but what what it does do okay if you talk on the one hand it wasn't a great football game in terms of, of a spectacle chatting to a few people who were there it was a, a game to be endured not enjoyed but what it does do now this draw is really setting up this this West Cork group of dead for the final round because they've kind of killed you now sitting on three points after two games Castlehaven are also on three points after two games but kind of killed have a slightly better scoring difference then you have Carby Rangers on two points, while Valley Rovers are on no points at the bottom of the table. So what we do know is Valleys can qualify for the, the knockout stage. So those two qualification spots, they're going to go between Clan, Castlehaven and Carby Rangers. And who's going to take the two spots? Who knows going into that final round? Because what we're going to have, we have Clan Kilty against Castlehaven. And that's going to be a massive game. That's on in Bendon on Sunday, September 10th. And on the same day and at the same time, you have Carby Rangers and Valley Rovers. So you can make just so many different permutations here, Dylan, where 
either of the, you can make arguments for two for any two, any pairing of those two to 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 go through. So it's really finely set up in here in the Star Sports Department. It's just what I wanted. I'd love I love a good West Cork group of data, and I love it even more when it goes to the final day. And you're literally trying to figure out, okay, if Clan Clan and Haven draw, but Ross win, Ross can get through. You know, you've all these yeah. different permutations going around. So there's an awful lot to play for um on September 10th. But looking back in the on, on the that that game the weekend, six points apiece, like I said, it was just an arm wrestle. And one of the endearing images coming out of that game was actually at the very, very end when Mark White, the kind of guilty goalkeeper, he strode forward. And he unleashed a shot that he thought could could be the winning point. But super sub John Hayes, 38 years young, um, played over 100 championship games for, for Carberry Rangers. He got his hands with a sensational block. And uh, it's actually, it's the image on the front page of, of Thursday Southern Star. And it's kind of just a brilliant shot because you could see Mark White's eyes. He's just focusing on, on kicking that ball. But John Hayes is in his Superman mode. Like the two arms are outstretched and he's getting his hands to the ball. And, that block alone, like who knows whether Mark's shot would have gone over or not, but it earned Carby Rangers a draw. So they've got a draw against Clan, they've got a draw against Castlehaven in the first game, and now they're facing bottom team Valleys in the last game. They've fancied their chances of getting a win yeah. there. So that could leave them on four points. And all of a sudden, then that Clan and Haven game, like that, that could easily become a winner take all game. Yeah, I was going to say about Ross, like they'd be feeling pretty good about their chances of going through because. Obviously, there's a lot of permutations in place, but almost regardless of the results in uh, the Clan and Haven game, Ross kind of have it in their hands if they if they pull out a great performance against uh, Valleys. That's it. And I think for Seamus Hayes, it's his first season in charge of, of, of Rangers. Like, he probably couldn't ask to be in a better position. Well, okay, if you had two wins under your belt, that'd be a great yeah. position. But the fact that you're up against Clan and you're up against Castlehaven two of the really, really big West Cork teams. Castlehaven have been one of the most consistent teams in this championship for the last number of years. Clannock Kilty were county finalists just two years ago. And this is a Carberry Rangers team. I won't say they're in transition, but they are definitely rebuilding from, from the, the team that won back in 2016. It's a mixture of, of youth and experience there. So for them to, to hold their own against two of, the, two, two of the local big guns and now to be in a position where... Like you said, they have their fate in their own hands. I think it's a it's a good position for for Carberry Rangers to be in. They still have to go out and get the job done. They still have to go out and beat a Valleys team that will be battling to avoid getting dragged into that relegation playoff as well. So it's almost the beauty of this championship over the last couple of years. We're heading into the final round of games, and in in this group, Group A, all four teams have something to play for. Three are trying to get through to the knockout stages. Valleys are, like I said, fighting for their lives. They they don't want to get dragged into that relegation playoff. And how that works is the two lowest ranked teams from the three groups after the round robin stage, they'll play off in the relegation relegation final or decider, whatever you want to call it, and the loser that goes down. So Vedis know that they've work to do. They don't want to be in that in, in that um do or die game against against whoever whoever that could be a, a Carrigaline or a St. Michael's or whoever's stuck in that. So there's, there's an awful lot to play for. So September 10th, it's a couple of weeks away, yes, but I think locally people's attention will be already turning towards it because, like I said, that Clan Haven game is, is just huge. Yeah, it's one we're already looking forward to in the star. Uh, one team who know their fate already going into the quarterfinal of the senior AFC are Donnies, who 
beat Bishopstown 215 to 110 to continue their impressive form in this year's championship. And Kieran, they're kind of exceeding expectations this year. It's been a super year so far for Donnie's day. They won Division 3 of the County Football League a couple of months back, so that set them up in good stead ahead of the championship, and they've really hit the ground running in Group C. They had an opening win against Town, which was a, a Town team just down out of the Premier Senior ranks, and then last weekend against Bishopstown, they beat them 2-15 to 1-10, and that, that's an impressive result. So this result leaves Donnie's on four points after two games, and the way the group is just panning out, it means Donnie's are already through to the knockout stage with one game to spare. So that's the ideal position for, for Declan Dwyer's team to be in. Um, they know, too, that the top two group winners will go automatically through to the semi-final. And just looking at the tables here, it's only Donnie's in Group C and Kenturk in Group A who are on maximum points, which is four after the first two rounds. So Donnie's will know if they can beat Island Rovers in their last game in a couple of weeks' time, that'll leave them on six points and that will send them straight through to the semi-final. So they get to bypass that quarter-final. Um, then you have a conversation, are you better off playing that quarter-final and having the momentum of winning that and going into semi-final? Or would, is, is it good to have that extra week or so rest? But that's a that's a conversation for a different day, but it's a conversation that Donnie's might be having amongst themselves. But isn't that a super place for them for them to be? But just a word, Dylan, on that last game. So it's going to be Donnie's against Island Rovers. I'm just going to pull up the date here. I think it's September 10th as well. Yeah, it is. And that game is at two o'clock and it's going to be in Drimmer League because while Donnie's are, are aiming high, Ireland are looking down and it's quite worrying for Ireland Rovers where they find themselves right now. They run no points after two games. Um, only two more teams, uh, Kishkame in Group B and Fermoy in Group A are also on, on zero points after the first two rounds. And like I said earlier in the Premier Senior Football Championship with Valley Rovers, it's the bottom two teams um, that will go into the relegation playoff. And as it stands, Ireland actually have the worst scoring difference of the three teams on, on, on no points. They're, they're minus 13 compared to Kishkame, minus 9 and Fermoy, minus 10. So without trying to overcomplicate it, what that means is Ireland are in a spot of bother right now. Okay, they went down battling to Town last weekend, but the bottom line is that they lost that game. So they need to get something out of the Donnies game. If they, if they lose to Donnies, they will be in the relegation and playoff to drop down to the, the Premier Intermediate ranks. And that would be a huge blow to the club. But they'll take positives from their performance against Town the weekend. Um, they only lost uh, 14 points to, to 1-9. A lot of reports say they put up a great fight, showed good battling qualities, and they need that against, against the Donnies, the high-flying Donnies team. So while one West Cork team in Donnies is looking up, Island Rovers are looking behind them. And we also have Newcastle in this group who will play Bishopstown in the final round. And that game right now, it's a winner-take-all. If Newcastle win that game, they're going to go through to the quarterfinals. If they lose or draw, they're going to bow out. Yeah, you mentioned like Island Rovers, they're kind of battling um, in that loss to Newcastle. Will the fact that they put up that good fight while losing is obviously disappointing, but can they take, is there anything they can take from that into the game against Donnie's? Because... On paper, on form, it looks like a Donnie's win, but obviously Iron Rovers will have other things in mind. 
Yeah, I, I think Ireland could, could take a lot from that. Like I said, it was it was a real battle performance, and I think after their after their 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 first game, they needed they needed something like this. They needed um they needed almost a performance that they they, they can use as a platform to to build on because they need to get a result against Donnie's. They really do. So if you're looking at Donnie's, like what do Donnie's Donnie's probably want to go the direct route to the the county final to do that they'd want to go straight to the semi-final so they'll target this Ireland game as another one to win keep up their momentum bypass the quarterfinal and go straight through so this is it's a quite a hard game for for Ireland Ireland Rovers again um looking at Colm O'Driscoll there the manager what he was saying after he was saying that we threw the kitchen sink at them and just came up short it ebbed and flowed and it could have gone e- either way I thought we would snatch it with a couple of minutes to go. So that shows that the I think our highlights that fighting spirit within this island team. Um Connor Harrington got a goal just after halftime, I think, and that injected new life into Ireland. Dan McOwen, he's been one of their, their warriors over the last couple of years. A man who knows where the posts were. He kicked four points the last day. Alan Holland got three points as well. So there's plenty of plus points for, for Island Rovers. They knew they were coming up against a Nuisance Town team that themselves needed to get a win. So it was always going to be a really, really tough game. But Ireland would have to take as many positives as they can from, from the performance and use that, like I said, as a platform to build on. Because this this Ireland game, or this this sorry, this game against Donnie's, it's a it's a massive match because at the Premier Senior grade over the last couple of years, um Ireland were they were just about trying to fight off relegation. Then two years ago, they slipped through the trap door, came down to senior A last year. They didn't really do much, to be quite honest. It's almost like they were trying to find their feet just to reboot, reset and go again. And they haven't gone again this year. And you can see that by their results so far. So that game against Town on September 10th, huge game. Or sorry, yeah, that game against Tony's, huge game for Ireland. Another one to look forward to in September. Now, Kieran, we've spoken a good bit on the podcast and you've written in the sports pages as well in recent months about Bayer's difficulty in getting numbers. But we've seen in the past weekend that the quality is not lacking. They have three clubs in the county championships and it was a great weekend for all three as well. Brilliant. Brilliant for, for Bayer. Like like you were saying, that I, I was away there for the... Till, till Monday, so I was just kind of keeping in touch with what was going on, and I got a, a text off Joe Blake from Edrigal, the former Cork PRO, and I think it was Sunday he gave me a text, and it was like the, the three Bearer clubs had won, he, he, he was telling me, almost as in a, the perfect weekend for, for Bearer clubs, so what we had was Castletown Bear winning in the Premier Intermediate Football Championship, they beat Rock Chapel 1-11 to 2-6, Edrigal didn't beat Gabriel Rangers in a, in a West Cork der- derby, that was in the Intermediate A Football Championship. That was a 2-11 to 1-9 win and a, a super result for Tim Sullivan's side. And then Orhan got their first victory in the Premier Junior Football Championship. They beat Betty Desmond 1-11 to 1-7. So that means it just puts the Bearer clubs in with a with a fighting chance of progression when we're going into the last round. I'm looking here, for instance, Premier Intermediate Football Championship Group A. Castletown Bear topped that group right now. They're on four points after two games. Their next match is on September 9th, and that's against Bandon. And that's another big West Cork game that's going to be in Agaville on a, on a Saturday evening. And it's a Bandon team that will be looking for a result too to put themselves in with a show to get into the knockout stage. So there you have like Castletown Bear going well. It'd be brilliant to see Castletown Bear get through to the 
get through to the next round. Then you're talking about as you go into Intermediate A Football Championship. Looking there now at Group B, they're second at the moment, just behind uh, Ahabuluk on four points. And you've Adjugold and Gabriels on two points each. But Adjugold are playing bottom club Glenville in their next game. So, okay, on paper, it looks more favourable for Adjugold to get through. They got to the quarterfinals of this competition last year and they'll be keen to get back there again. And then, like I said, in the Premier Junior Football Championship, which is the new county grade this year, Orhan have put themselves in contention to get to the knockout stage. So a good weekend for Bearer clubs. And I think I think that, that was probably needed as well because it was disappointing for the division earlier in the year, Dylan, when they had to withdraw their senior football team from the county championship. Like we don't we don't like to see that. We don't want to see that. Bear is a really proud football division. So for the clubs to be going well, it just highlights that there are good footballers and good football teams in Beira. Put the divisional team to one side for a second because that's uh, to get that up and running again is, is, a, is a big effort. But I think what Beira clubs and Beira football folk can take from the weekend just gone is that they have quality in the division. So hopefully you could see a couple of Beira teams through to the knockout stages and that would be super to see as well. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of positives to take there for Beira and Positives as well for Bandon, and I'd say there were bonfires lighting in Bandon over the weekend as they won a championship game. Kieran, the last time they won was the 25th of September 2021, so it's been a long time coming with they beat Nemo Rangers second string in the County Premier Intermediate Football Championship, and it's a great result for them. A huge win for Bandon. I was talking to their... Their manager Aidan McCarthy after their their opening game they they lost to Rock Chapel and they were just disappointed with the the performance it just didn't work out in the day and what he was telling me after Aidan said that he just wanted to get a reaction from Bandon in their next game against Nemo Rangers and they definitely got that and I think what what Aidan would be quite pleased about as well is that battling qualities that that Bandon showed because there was a top, couple of times in that game when they were. They were in a spot of water. They were a good few points down, but they never they never dropped their heads. They kept going. And at the end, Peter Callan got a goal. And then it was Mark Subaru, um, Mr. Reliable, as we'll call him, in this Thursday's Southern Star, who kicked the, the two points. And Mark was also a Man United fan. He's a, which is a, a a kindred spirit. And even though it was it was a bad weekend for United in the Premier League against Spurs, it was um Mark made it a good weekend for himself um in the in the county football championship with his these two points that have, and that will re-energize this Bandon football team because this is just the result that they needed and it puts them right back in the mix to get to get into the knockout stages. And that highlights again the beauty of these county football championship. Bandon looked down after their first game. Now they got a win in their second game, bit of momentum behind them. So they'll go into that Castletown Bear game knowing if they get the right result there. And, they, and if they beat Castletown Bear by, I'm looking here, by five points, I think, they leapfrog um, Castletown Bears. So there's a lot to play for 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 Bendon. But Bendon is such a big town, Dylan. Like you know, mm, when, when you yeah. look at the just the size of the town, like and you you think, okay, with the with that area, that the, the football team and the hurlers, like they have they the numbers to go by. That there, it is a big town team. So to see them move in the right direction would be super as well. They have a lot of work to do. They have to beat an informed Castletown Bear team. But they've given themselves a fighting chance. Yeah, with the size of the town, it does feel like they have been underachieving. And maybe 
maybe less underachieving, but more it's more kind of disappointing because there is seems to be so much potential if you just look purely at the numbers. And the fact they were four down in the closing stages against Nemo Rangers um, and managed to come back as well is is great for them. That's super. It's a huge, yeah. like I said, it, it's a huge morale booster for for Bendon. And it just it just makes the, the, the last round of games in a couple of weeks' time, it makes it all the more interesting because now they know they're in with a chance of keeping their championship alive. But while we're talking about the Premier Intermediate Football Championship, just a, a, a quick nod too to the Bentry Blues, who were last year's finalists at this grade. They're already guaranteed their progression to the knockout stages. They won their their, their second game last weekend. Um, so they're on four points after two games, and it just sets them up nicely going into the going into going into their, their final round of fixtures. And Bentry are playing McCroom, bottom club McCroom on September 9th. So you would fancy Bentry to win that game. So if that's the case, they might even go direct to as a semi-final, which would be super. Like they, they beat Navabon one ten to ten points last weekend. That's coming off their one fourteen to one twelve game against win against Ivlera back at the end of July. So they're they're two good scalps for for Bantry Blues to take, and and they're more from well, very much like Donnie's. So we've two West Cork teams we know right now guaranteed to go through to the knockout stages. Both of them have one hundred percent records, so they're walking into their final round of games, knowing if they get a win, another win. Gives them a chance to go direct to the semi-finals. So while some West Cork teams are struggling, we have the likes of Bantry Blues and Donnies who were going well. And then we have those those big hitters up in the Premier Senior Football Championship who will be putting it all on the line on, on September 10th. So there's there's plenty to chat about for in West Cork football over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, loads to look forward to there. We're going to take a very quick break now, but we'll be back to hear from Munster star Abby Salter Townsend. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Now, welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, we've spoken a lot on the podcast about the West Cork Mafia, mainly about the West Cork men in the Munster team, but the women are coming into the West Cork Mafia as well. We have Gillian Coombs, there's Saskia Witcherly, and now Abby Salter Townsend as well. She's enjoyed a great start to the season with Munster. Yeah, the, the, those West Cork Mafia. And you can add in Michelle O'Driscoll from LEP as well into that, Dylan. So we have, that's, that's four local women involved in the in, in the Munster senior women's team, albeit Saskia, Saskia is more the development kind of training side of of things, but Saskia Witchley is coming from good stock as well. Her older brothers are none other than Finine and Josh Witchley, two men who helped Munster win the URC only a couple of months ago, and two men who've they both played Ireland under twenties. And Finine is a is an Ireland Ireland international as well, so it's very much in the blood there for Saskia. But and even look at Gillian Coombs, actually, she's an older sister to, to Gavin Coombs, so you can you can see that the. The rugby DNA is quite strong in some families here in West Cork. And then you have Abby Salter Townsend and Michelle O'Driscoll as well. And both Abby and Michelle are part of that Skibbereen Rugby Club women's team that enjoyed a dream 2021-22 season a couple of years back when Skib won three Munster trophies in the one year. They're actually crowned the West Cork Sports Team of the Year. 
after that. But both have progressed their rugby careers. So Abby, um, Abby is now with UL, Bo uh, UL Bohemians. She's a scrum half there. And she was involved with the Munster squad last year too, but she's far more hands-on this year. She made her debut against Ulster a couple of weeks back. And then she played it again at the weekend when Munster beat Connacht 46-7. So where, where Munster lie right now, they're, they're guaranteed to play in the Interpro final and that's on September 2nd. And that's off the back of their two back-to-back -back bonus point victories that even with 10 points. But before that, they are going to travel to Dublin this weekend to take on Leinster in round three. So it's another chance for, for Abby and Gillian Coombs and even all of Neve Briggs' Munster team to get a, another game under the belt before that Inter-Pro final. So ahead of that game, Matthew Hurley caught up with Abby just to talk about her own rugby career, her, her path from Skibbereen to UL and now to Munster. So after two wins in the Interpro series for this season, Munster are after a brilliant campaign so far after beating Connacht and Ulster in their first two games. I'm delighted to be joined by West Cork's own Abby Sauter Townsend to talk about Munster in general, her career in general, and um, yeah, coming into the team for her first appearance this season. So Abby, it's been a brilliant season for yourself so far and a brilliant season for the team. Yeah, look, it's been great to to keep building after winning the last season. Um, good to get two wins under the belt now before Leinster this weekend and we're just hoping to keep building on that fix the, the work-ons that we've had over the last two weeks and yeah And I suppose just playing for Munster in your first year just in a, in a personal viewpoint from yourself like it must be brilliant to get out of the field and play for Munster even those substitute appearances but to come on against Ulster first for your first appearance and then come on against Connacht last weekend as well it must be a brilliant experience for yourself Oh, it's unreal. I can't put it into words. I've been asked so many times what it feels like now to put on the jersey and to be able to come on and get my first two caps over the last few weeks. And it's just something you dream about growing up. And as soon as I started playing, obviously, it's one of the end goals is to play for Munster and just to be able to do that and to get two good wins out of it as well. It's unreal. I'm still on such a high after both weeks. Yeah. And I suppose coming from Skipperine Rugby Club yourself, obviously coming off a treble season uh, recently in 21-22 and then going to UL Bohemians as well as a club side. Like that must be brilliant over the last few years. To have your last season in a treble winning Skipperine side, that must be brilliant for yourself as well. And to transfer to UL, which is a brilliant achievement to go close to Munster Rugby in general because Munster Rugby headquarters is usually in Limerick. Yeah, the look, the team that we had down in Skib that year was just incredible. Um, the girls, we all put in so much hard work. We really bought into it that year and we knew that we were we had a good chance of winning those competitions and we put in the hard work and to get the results, it was amazing. And I couldn't have finished on a on a higher note with them and then to be able to transfer up to Bowes and get some more experience to play with internationals and play with those monster girls throughout a club season, it's just massive and I'm kind of trying to take in all the knowledge that I can get from the coaching staff up there and from all the girls I'm playing with, the experience is great. And according to your bio online, you started playing rugby at under 15 level, is that right? Yeah, I started with Skib. I was on the first girls team in Skibbereen when I was 15 and um, just kind of built up through the underage system there and played with a lot of the same girls the whole way up and it's just great, yeah, absolutely. Delighted to get the chance. Dad played rugby, so I kind of grew up going to matches, watching it on TV. But to be able to have the chance then when I was 15 to get on the, the first girls team in the club was great. 
to obviously have your father to play for Munster as well. That must be a brilliant experience just to, you know, teach you along the way how to play rugby in general. And is he probably the reason why he got into rugby in the first place? I think he would, yeah, he'd be the person who, when I came home and said I wanted to play rugby, it wasn't the first thing he thought I'd say, but he was proud, I think it's the main thing. And yeah, he helped me the whole way up, give me his tips and tricks along the way, things that he learned. And it's nice to be able to come home if I have questions so I can ask him and see if we can throw a ball around outside, get extra training in. It's great. And even to have uh, some West Cork, um, we talk about the West Cork Mafia in, uh, in men's rugby in general, the likes of John Hartnett there, obviously Jack Crowley. But in the women's side, you have yourself, you have Gillian Coombs, and also a part of the panel in some way, Michelle O'Driscoll and Saskia Witcherly as well. So it must be brilliant to join those girls in general to play for Munster and be part of uh, the West Cork um, Mafia in, in many ways. Yeah, it's nice to have our own little clan as well and to not be the only one travelling up and down from, from West Cork. Yeah, I would have grown up a lot with Gillian. Um, I travel up and down a good bit with Saskia and Michelle would have been on that skibbering side that won the treble with with us as well. So um, I'm quite close with the girls and it's great that we have our own little pack as well as the Limerick girls having their clan too. And I just looked at the Munster team as well. It, 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 your club, UL, uh, Bowes, they have a lot of players on the Munster team. So that must be brilliant to have uh, players that you know from uh, college and UL to play with Munster as well. It's probably, in many ways, it does make the experience a lot better to play alongside your friends in many ways. Yeah, it's nice having those connections and being kind of in a group that you would be more comfortable with because I know them so well and you know the the kind of trends that they set and the patterns they have and it, it means we gel together a lot more as a team that we know each other that bit better than coming in with with girls you wouldn't have played with before and it does make that bit easier um and it's great as i said to get a bit of knowledge and to get the experience playing with girls who have such so much talent it's just class What's it like in general to balance college life and rugby life in general? Because uh, rugby and college, they both go hand in hand in many ways. Like uh, the autumn season, you have the rugby coming into into the fray and then you have college starting in September, October, them kind of months. So like, how hard is it to balance both or is it kind of a challenge that you enjoy? It's definitely a challenge because college is so full on being full time. and um, But it's also a nice break. You know, if I come out of a, a long day at college, I know I'll get a run around in the evening. And the fact that I'm in UL and playing with Bose and have everything kind of based out of the same area does make it that bit easier. And we've got a great support system in UL and in the club. Um, and it's just really nice to be able to go out and clear my head after a long day or a long week of college, knowing that I'll get a good session in or um, and the fact that I'm doing sports science as well in college, it does, I feel like it's, all kind of links in together um, and I'm learning from every aspect whether that be in college or in the club it's good Does that kind of help in many ways that you're studying sports science and you're playing rugby at the same time because it usually helps other athletes when, when they're studying sports science or playing any sport uh, never mind if it's rugby Yeah I think it does help kind of to see the biomechanics and the physiology behind why our bodies work the way they do and helping with recovery and things like that. I think there's definitely benefits to it. All right, yeah. And going back to Munster for a bit there, you're going for your third uh, interval in a row and, and you're facing Leinster, obviously, at the weekend, which is a huge toy. And in general, 
um, a team other than Leinster and Munster, the last time they won the Interpro Series was 2000 with Ulster, according to Wikipedia anyway. So it definitely shows the stranglehold that Munster and Leinster have on this competition. And it definitely shows that you're both rivals in this to contend for the Interpro. Yeah, there's definitely a big rivalry there. And we'd be hoping to build on the last two wins to get out and beat Leinster. It's, it's played up, it's up in Dublin this week. So now definitely be a challenge to go up to their home ground and, and play them there. But I think if we carry the momentum on from last week and keep building a training this week, we know we have a job to do and hopefully we can get the win. Even to go for three in a row, that would be some achievement if uh, Munster and yourself and Gillian indeed who kind of starts for the Munster team in general, like that would be brilliant to get three in a row for Munster and maybe something on Leinster or small but who won I think the previous two before COVID. Yeah, I think it would be a dream if we could get to three in a row, especially with the final being on in Cork. To play, to get to play a final at home is something that people don't get to do very often. I think if we can, we get to the final, which I think we have now after the two bonus point wins, um, to play that there and to win the three in a row, it doesn't get much better than that. And we're definitely the hunted at the moment. We have, we have a target on our backs from the other sides, but hopefully, we fingers crossed now we can we can do the three in a row because I think we've put in all the work and we deserve it. And I'm, I back myself when I say that, I think we can do it. All right. The fact that you beat Connacht so handsomely actually last weekend and the fact that Connacht beat Leinster the week before, does that kind of, you know, give you more encouragement that you can go on and beat this Leinster side? Or is it just the fact that the interval is very competitive and anybody can beat anybody on a given day? Yeah, I think it's competitive from all sides and, it, you could have a good day, you could have a bad day. Connacht obviously had a massive win over Leinster and I think that was nice for us to see that we could go out and, you know, that there it's not impossible to beat the tough sides or it's not impossible for the sides that you... Sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. It's definitely um, going to be a challenge either way to go out um, this weekend. But after seeing Connacht do it, it does give us a bit of hope that we can push on and hopefully get the win as well. Just in terms of your position in rugby in general, like scrum half, it's, it seems to be a challenging position. You always kind of get the ball. It's probably the the position on the field where the where the player gets most of the ball. So is that kind of a challenge as well to play that kind of position or is it a challenge that you flourish? Um, I enjoy it. I like being kind of, I, I do like to be on the ball a lot. I like being involved. It's, a, some would say, a bossy role um, to boss the pack around and to make sure people are getting in the right positions and it's nice to know that if I come on or when I come on that I'm going to get good time on the ball and there's challenges involved of course because you need to have your sharp passes the whole time everything kind of stems from you at the back of a scrum or a rook if the ball is not smooth from you it's not going to work out and get out onto the wing so there's definitely challenges but I, I, I enjoy that side of it and having to push on and be involved the whole time. And just in terms of uh, your future for a minute, you're only, I think, 22 years of age. Like, you have a big future ahead of you to start to play two games for Munster this year. Like, what's next for uh, Abbey Salter Towns in this is maybe Ireland? Is that on the horizon if uh, it all goes well in the next few years? Well, of course, that's always the long-term goal with me to put on the green jersey. But um, I think probably a nearer goal I have would be to get my first start, whether it's in this campaign or a campaign in the future I think that's what I'm working towards at the moment to kind of solidify my place on the team and 
yeah I'm, I've been involved with the with this monster group since December so I've definitely worked hard to get these two bench positions those bench slots and I'd be hoping to push on for a start soon enough and yeah the dream would be to pull on the green jersey hopefully I can keep working towards it but we'll we'll see time will tell Exactly. So, and hopefully you're uh, on the drink green jersey next year, as you definitely deserve it. Abby, thanks for your time for um, on the Star Sport Podcast, and uh, best of luck at the weekend against Leinster. Thank you so much. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Uh, welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast once again. And Kieran, it's now time to have a, a very quick look at what's coming up in this week's sports section. Yeah, we're like you said in this podcast, we're in the middle of the, the club championship season and it was a football weekend just gone. So no surprise that football features quite heavily in Thursday Southern Star. We have 10 pages on the county championships and you can get all the reports, reaction from that and also we have a good few pages on the Carberry Junior A Football Championship as well and it was another big weekend there so we've reports reaction and roundups from what went on and just some of the headlines is uh, Kilmackaby and Tyke McCorrick have both booked their place in the knockout stage with one game to play Barry Rowe flying as well and Dick they really could be one to watch but it's Paddy Hurley's Barry Rowe put up another big score the weekend 318 I think it was um, so it's really starting to take shape the, the Carby Junior A Football Championship so Thursday Southern Star is the only place where you can read about the weekend's action the most comprehensive roundup and reports of this local championship also have a Brenda Keneally gives us or brings us up to date on the Midcock Junior A Football Championship which is progressing at pace as well we also have a roundup of the Cork Ladies Football Championships including an historic first win for the Castlehaven ladies up in the senior championship. As we all know, they won promotion from intermediate last year. So this is their first year campaigning at senior and they beat Bride Rovers the weekend just gone. And a couple of historic moments there, Dylan, the likes of Neva Sullivan, she scored Castlehaven's first ever point at senior championship level. And that could be a, a trivia question in years to come um, around West Cork. Look at it, what else we have outside of GA. Huge weekend in rowing just gone. The Irish Coastal Rowing Championships were held up in Inniscarra. They were hosted by Ross Carberry Rowing Club and they put on a hell of a show. What a weekend they put on. And there was so many West Cork winners there. So we have a full roundup and plenty of pictures from that. The Rowing Ireland team for the World Rowing Championships was also named this week. So we have news on that and no surprise the names Paul and Finton featured there. The Red John Memorial Harness Racing Weekend was a massive success with loads of local winners. We have that. Also, congratulations to Clannacilty driver Dara O'Donovan, who secured an Irish motorsport title last weekend. Martin Walsh brings us up to date on, on Dara's superb, superb year, and that's worth checking out. Also, I have an interview with young Tom Whelley, the West Cork Kennedy Cup star, who was recently presented with a West Cork sports star. Um, Paddy Palmer Youth Quarterly Award um, a, a talent to watch he got six goals in the Kennedy Cup um, incredible and then he went on to play with Ireland International Schoolboys team in the under 14 Celtic Cup in Scotland a week or so later so there's loads in there Dylan plenty for Southern Star readers to sink their teeth into and even for those who aren't in Southern Star territory it's never too late to right the wrong 
and check out what we have in our star every week. Act as always. You'll also find inside the sports section this week, there's a free careers and courses supplement. So lots in there, including expert advice and tips on your application CV and interview techniques. There's also a future of jobs report for 2023, which will kind of tell you about how jobs and skills will evolve over the next five years and to help make sure you'll be in demand. So all that and more will be available in shops across West Cork from Thursday morning. And as always, if you're further afield or you can't make it to the shops, you can subscribe to the Southern Star e-paper and get the Southern Star on your laptop, tablet or phone. Just head to subscribe.southernstar.ie enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week along with full access on our website as well as always thanks for listening to the star sport podcast and thanks again to our sponsors at access credit union if you've enjoyed this please remember to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back again next week thanks for listening